Today is something you can chew on, I'll tell you that. Live from Studio C. He's in your dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. It's a little Friday. And we're under the tutelage of our general manager. My 401k. I just (laughs) looked at it. It's a 301k. Hey, now. As the old not good joke goes. Hey, now. I'm telling you, what's going on? Nobody knows. Or it's a correction that was coming. Or something. Or computers now invest, so who knows what they're thinking. Well, um, well and a whole lot of, uh, a bunch of different factors. you got to ask the Bilderberg Group. You want to know what's going on <laughs> at the stock market. <laughs> I'll ask them at the next meeting. That's the way it works. A bunch of people standing around a glowing orb. <laughs> I'm the sergeant at arms at the Bilderberg Group meetings. I assume you got you got the people that are uh, making the stock market go up and down. you got Trump, you got MBS, you got Putin. Who else is involved in that? Uh, Count G. Dracula. G from China. They're all together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Simpsons <laughs> meetings of the Republican Party. No, the, the story that I think is such a good to chew on story is this pulling out of Syria. This is this is the argument we've been needing to have really for going on 20 years about our involvement Whoa. in various places in the Middle East and our ability to uh, to to di- to dictate events and whether we're accomplishing anything. This this conversation should be. Uh, have had been at the highest levels and in, in, in real conversational tones, not just yelling slogans at each other for right. a very, very long time. Yeah. Well, there uh, there are very few of us who are uh, certain on one end or the other. This is a really good time for discussion because I think everybody's at least a little bit torn. Um, and um, there, there are a number of Republicans coming out against Trump's decision to pull immediately out of Syria. But I'll tell you what, as I, I'm closer to Rand Paul than I am to Lindsey Graham on this stuff, and I just I just don't see what we're accomplishing in a bunch of these different places. You're going to tell me it'd be much worse if we weren't, if we didn't have 100,000 troops there and 100,000 troops there over the last 15 years? Now, in this case, it's only 2,000 troops, but anyway, we'll talk to a military strategist, Mike Lyons, who we really like, who I have a feeling is going to hate this idea of pulling out of Syria, be my guess. But uh, we'll try to hear from both sides of the story on this um, throughout the morning and take some of your texts at 415-295-KFTC. You want to introduce everybody in the squad? How about we start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping doggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Good. I did go looking for a Christmas tree yesterday. I found two of them outside a grocery store. They are about three feet tall, and neither one of them stood upright. Mm. And, uh, Is that good enough for you? Nah, not really. I mean, it was, they were missing branches, and it... it 
I, maybe my expectations are too high because it's only five days till Christmas. Right. Most people don't get their Christmas tree a couple days before no, Christmas. No, but um, <clears throat> we'll you know, see what we can do. As far as I'm concerned, Michael, you pay a lot of federal income tax. You head into a national forest. You take what you want. You're owed. <laughs> You're owed. Good looking tree. And when the rangers come and get you, don't mention my name. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you this morning, Sean? Doing very well. It was this day in history in the year of 1843 that Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was first published. Oh. It, it, was, uh, it was published today. It sold out by Christmas Eve and then was later made into a beloved movie in the 1950s. Which was 100 years after it first came out, which is amazing, I, right? I think that was probably the third or fourth version of the movie. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, I read that once or twice every single year. I have not as yet. If you've never read it, read it. It's a delightful read. I've never read it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I'm a Dickens a fan. Reader. I'm a Dickens fan, but I've never read that. Mm. He was, uh, they think, the first world celebrity, Charles Dickens. That's an interesting bit of insight. Yeah. Did he have an Instagram account? (laughs) Big on the gram. Big on the gram. A lot of followers. Mm -hmm. Big influencer. There is uh, Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very, very well. Happy holidays, everybody. I am so pleased I have become so easy to buy for, and I want to thank right now all of my friends who have gifted me with cases of Shardy. (laughs) <laughs> Three cases so far and counting. See, it, it is easy to buy for drinkers. Yeah. I've noticed that throughout <laughs> my life because you usually know their drink and they're so happy to get it. Oh, now, yeah. I mean, just <laughs> you, you buy a drinker some booze. They they are never they don't ever feel slighted. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, Marsh, tell me if I'm wrong. If somebody, you know, I'm not much of a brown liquor guy, but if somebody gives me a nice bottle of scotch, mm-hmm. I'll thank them warmly for that. And then the next time there's a scotch drinker over. I look like a stud. Indeed. <laughs> Win-win. Have, have a nice top-shelf bar right at home. Fantastic. Exactly. So anybody giving you Chardonnay, that's a win. Oh, very much so. Awesome. Very much so. Well, <laughs> not to get you to mix in another varietal someday, Marshall. Uh, all right, we'll work on it. Shake it up. <laughs> That'll be a good goal for next year. Nah, if you like something, you stick with it the rest of your life. That's all my right. motto. Sweet and sour pork, Coors Light, whatever it is I like. <laughs> cool whip, mayonnaise. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, December 20th. The year 2018, we're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Cool Whip would be a pretty good nickname for you because you're so white. <laughs> cool Whip. <win. laughs> <laughs> some white stuff there. All right, let's begin. What's up, uh, Cool Whip? Stop, <laughs> Whip. All right, let's begin the show officially now according to FCC rules and regulations. Won't this be fun? So many big stories to get to from the Syria thing to the, the markets and the economy, the Facebooks. It's, come on. Why are we not marching on Facebook oh, no right now? no kidding. So much to get to. Let's go to get to it precisely according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. So our boys, our young women, our men, they're all coming back, and they're coming back now. We won. So I'll tell you what is a stupid conversation to me. I'm all for, I, I think this is a great conversation, and there's arguments on both sides of getting the hell out of these places, and we can't control the world, and they're, they're pits of hell anyway. And then, will be. And right. then, no, no we're re- repeating what Obama did, and that led to ISIS, etc. Good arguments on both sides. What is a dumb argument to me? is what Nancy Pelosi and others said. He's clearly doing this just because his lawyer two days ago was found guilty, blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Uh, That was the narrative on your MSNBC all day long. This is purely an an attempt to get us talking about something other than the Mueller investigation or anything like that. That's just a 
Because that has been going on every day of Trump's presidency, for one thing. And secondly, he mentioned getting out of Syria every speech he ever gave when he was running for president. That was one that of his is things. an astonishing but, level of well, stupid. We'll play Nancy Pelosi for you later. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Trump up and tweeting this morning, defending his decision to pull the U.S. out of Syria. Strange lights in the sky surprise huh. and delight millions. And i got to tell you the story of how it went down at our house. Cool. The UFO in the sky last night that millions of people saw. And the an- terror and the hope. And another end-of-the-year rich list. Highest-paid comedians. There you go. I like that one. Uh, how's Mailbag look today? Outstanding. Really, really great, intelligent correspondence from our folks. And I've realized I'm part of a, a sisterhood. You're part of a sisterhood. Fantastic. I am. And I'm proud of it. There you go. All right. On the way. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. talk about the thing in the sky last night as most of the people we broadcast to on the west coast uh, saw it based on all the convo i saw on the internet i gotta tell how it went down at my house because my kids were really unhappy with mom last night oh no uh, yeah yeah so so uh, the alien invasion caused family strife absolutely at our house and here's the statement from nancy pelosi i want to hit you with real fast and we can discuss later All Americans should be concerned that this hasty announcement, talking about Syria, was made on the day after sentencing and criminal proceedings against the president's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, who admitted he was a registered Ford agent for a country with clear interests in the Syrian conflict. All right. Uh, So that's one argument. Uh, There are good arguments on both sides of Trump announcing uh, us getting out of Syria, and we're going to talk to a couple of different people throughout the morning and our own opinions. So stay tuned. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Plus, the Facebook thing must be laid bare. It is just astonishing, mm. the level of dishonesty. Is it fair to say, Mike, uh, that Zuckerberg is a liar? Is that fair to say? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, a systematic, a systematic uh, uh, well, systematic, I think, is the best term for it. His business model depends on lies, and whenever any aspect of that business model is uncovered and he's asked about it, he lies about it. Sure seems that way. Yeah, yeah. Mailbag. He just looks more pleasant than, like, a big tobacco CEO or, you know, a, a big oil CEO. He just looks more pleasant than those people. Right. But he's right. the same sort of person. Yeah, we've had uh, we've made several suggestions when you're picturing Mark Zuckerberg. Don't picture that fresh-faced, little, red-headed, tussle-haired boy next door. Uh, picture Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator movies. Picture when Steve he was a Bob, bad Terminator. Picture Steve Bannon. Uh, or or uh, Paul Manafort. Just, or, you know, yeah. some... Uh, who is that whitey bulger? Yeah, that big of a gangster. In Boston, yeah. So, listen, uh, the... Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we have a lot of great emails, but it's become clear to me as I've discussed my absolutely nightmarish post-operative slash opioid-related constipation. Well, day three of Joe's constipation talk, you keep track at home. I have received so many absolutely lovely notes from gals who had the same thing after their C-sections. Oh, boy. And so they not only were dealing with the pain of surgery... 
Um, and and the utter indescribable, like it's the Spanish Inquisition, and somebody wants me to renounce Catholicism, a pain of trying to go. Meanwhile, they've got a newborn they're trying to deal with. Well, how about all and, those... And, and my God, gals, you have... Uh, all I can offer you is my sympathy and a, a warm radio hug. That's hellish. There's breaking news in the whole uh, op- opioid crisis today, but all those people that get addicted to opioids, are they stopped up all the time? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's I not a so. very fun high. Golfer and personality David Faherty has talked about that at length. That that was he he would go once a week. Oh, and it was about like you would think. Anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, but again, I'm going to bring the uh, the the colon out into the light. People ought All to be right. able to talk about that, their digestive. That, is that what people want? Uh, I, I don't <laughs> care what they want, Jack. I'm a leader, <laughs> not a follower. Uh, Sean in beautiful Citrus Heights, California, has suggested, Michael, uh, you've got to dig up Bob Dylan's Must Be Santa okay. from his Epochal Christmas album. Um, and I'll tell you why later. Let's talk about it before we play it. It, it turns very wacky toward the end of it. Um, and then he says, uh, P.S., Joe, when people ask you why you get your hip replaced, I didn't get my hip replaced. I got it customized. Mm. Um, he says, skip the why live in pain explanation. Instead, say you're in the process of becoming an Avenger. Oh. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, Jack, you were talking yesterday about uh, <clears throat> how loud restaurants are these days and how damaging it can be to, to hearing and mm. science is weighing in and the decibel, decibel apps. Uh, and uh, let's see. Why don't we just call them Al? Uh, Al Anonymous said, I had to laugh yesterday while listening to you uh, discuss this. I installed one of these apps over Thanksgiving break so I could use it to show my mom just how loud she talks. That's you know, hilarious. <laughs> there is a rough word coming up, folks, but I, I, I think I need to, to to read it. If you would prefer a G-rated radio show, uh, you might want to turn down your, your radio. Uh, I am constantly reminding her to use her inside voice. She broke 80 decibels on many occasions. She talks so loud, you don't want to hear it when she gets excited. It's ear-piercing. I brought up the decibel meter at the dinner table last night and said, I think I need to put that on my phone and we should come up with like a limit for how loud we talk. Because <laughs> my kids oh, yell everything. <laughs> so he got one just to hold it in front of his mom. Well, I just wanted to share my pain with someone else. I know, I am a dick. Right, Sal? Oh, boy. Well, yeah, a bit of one. I don't know, Jack. I've, I've never sat at your dinner table, as I've not been invited. Uh, but uh, to me, the kid years, that's all about the, the, the energy. It's, it, well, energy the dinner table is so loud. I mean, just deafeningly loud. I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. Just shouting at the top of their lungs, everything oh, they say. I don't know. Oh, why. boy. Yeah. Oh. I want to hear about your day just slightly quieter. Yeah. <laughs> We were talking yesterday about, <clears throat> excuse me, the spacing effect. It's if uh, well, I'll just read this note, uh, fabulous note from Todd, and and you'll understand what it is in case you missed the uh, the discussion, or at least I will if my uh, my uh, cursor will work. There we go, guys. Longtime listener did my dissertation on the benefits of the spacing effect. What you mentioned on the show is all true. If you're going to study something for an hour, you're better off breaking it up into 15-minute chunks than studying for 60 minutes straight. And spacing repetitions by even 5 to 10 minutes can have benefits. Changing the topic or orienting your brain towards something else is the key. Your brain goes on cruise control after a period of time on the same topic, so attention isn't as high and learning isn't effective. Many studies have also shown this could be effective in sports training. So this applies to studying for a test as well as hitting golf balls. 
Wow, that is such great advice, Tom. It really is. And I'll, I'll tell you, love I love the show. I love I, the email. I've utilized it with learning musical instruments. I know it works better to you, you pick it up, uh, you walk by it, pick it up, do your three different chords or new thing you're trying to learn, put it down, and do that ten times a day. I pick things up way faster than if I practiced for an hour. Boy, I need to remember this. This is the sort of thing I will think, wow, this is fantastic. And then when my new customized Avenger hip is ready for me to hit golf balls and I'm, like, trying to learn something, I'm sure I'll forget it immediately. Uh, maybe I need to use the spacing effect to, to study the spacing effect. But thank you for that If they could incorporate time. that into school somehow, that'd be awesome. Uh, yes, they, uh, they absolutely. Here you have one of the keys to learning, but... The uh, intransigent administrators and teachers unions will find some reason that it can't be done. You know, I do it automatically uh, with with my with my kids. I guess because it's worked for me so well. But I constantly hit Sam. Hey, with six times six, you know, and just just repetition on these various things. Where where I know, and there's data to back it up, that that works a lot better than you have an hour math class. Thirty four, isn't it? Is it Thirty four. <laughs> you have Correct. an hour math class, and then the, and then the, you don't, and it's the next day before you get back to another hour math class. You, right. I think the teachers would be better off, and I don't know how you'd structure this, but hitting the whole class with you know a fact, and then we do it again an hour later, and pretty soon it'd just be in their head. Yeah, although if you if you distribute what you're teaching well over the course of that hour and you're covering somewhat different topics or variations on a topic, and then you come back the next day and review it. I think that's about perfect. Um, but you wouldn't want to hammer the whole thing for an hour. Uh, we got a great email, terrific email, from a gent who has lived and worked on both sides of the Mexican border. He wants to talk about immigration, labor, the wall. It's terrific. We don't have room for it right now, but we will get to it later. Don't let me forget. It's absolutely full of realistic... Man on the ground insight. So stay tuned for that. Uh, first, Jack, you are a hypocrite. Right? What a shock. Well, we, particularly I, Joe Getty, the uh, the uh, the founding member of Chatty Checkout Theater, have been mocking Chatty Checkout clerks for for many moons. Uh, and Kent writes, guys, you mock check it, checkout clerks for being chatty, but then when you, Jack Armstrong. Attempt to chat with one and aren't met with a chatty clerk. You mock them for not being chatty. I remind you of the incident of the clerk in the Santa hat. Am I supposed to jump in here? Yeah, well, hey, would you yourself. like to defend yourself? No. You, you, I don't take the... the, the so I, don't clerk, I never take the, the bait on the putting a person in position and I have to defend myself. I'm not into that. All right, then. All right, then. I will not dangle bait in front of you. I'll <laughs> shove it down your throat. Fantastic. <laughs> There's a clerk wearing a Santa hat, and you try to engage them in chat, and when they're not interested in it, you are put out butthurt, if I may. I wasn't butthurt. I just thought it was hilarious that she yeah. had such a dour <laughs> expression. Yeah. And they provide the hat for you. <laughs> and I don't actually think you're a hypocrite. I just wanted to bring it up again. Do <laughs> you to provide your own Santa hat, or do you... Uh, does the company provide them for you? They provide them for you. That's eight forty-eight, <laughs> And with the senior discount, it's seven eighty-nine. Do you have your club card? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, we, didn't get to, we did not get to this great blast at Facebook. But we'll do a little oh. bonus mailbag in a few minutes. There needs to, the left, right, and center is coming together to understand that Facebook, particularly Mark Zuckerberg, is an evil presence in America. And I'm glad everybody's finally catching on to that. Now, is Congress going to do anything? Marshall's News coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
the beginning of an alien invasion on the West Coast last night. UFO in the sky. We barely talked about it. You'd think that'd make more news. If you were looking up in the sky between like 5.30 and 6, anywhere on the West Coast, it was a very unusual whatever it was. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. You know what's funny about that is that an alien va- invasion is frequently cited as the thing that would bring humanity together. Uh, you know, all the different countries would, would stop fighting each other, Sure. Uh, you know, when our alien overlords were, you know, obliterating our cities. Uh, it occurred to me as we were talking about Facebook, how left, right, and center are coming together to realize how evil Facebook is. Is this our coming together moment? Is this the cataclysm that it's going to take to ratchet down some of the partisanship and emphasize to Americans that we have more in common than that which separates us. Our common hatred of Mark Zuckerberg. Could be. <laughs> Wouldn't that be beautiful? Yeah, it would be. Any- well, and, and if, if this evil uh, uh, spawn is exploiting the, the, the socialist school teacher in Berkeley, California, in the same way that they're exploiting the wheat farmer in Nebraska, come on. Yep, I like it. More on that later. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is defending his announcement that U.S. troops are going to be leaving Syria. On Twitter this morning, the president said, quote, Getting out of Syria was no surprise. I've been campaigning on it for years and six months ago when I very publicly wanted to do it. I agreed to stay longer. Russia, Iran, Syria, and others are the local enemy of ISIS. We were doing their work. Time to come home and rebuild. Trump adding in another tweet, Does the USA want to be the policeman of the Middle East getting nothing but spending precious lives and trillions of dollars protecting others who in almost all cases do not appreciate what we are doing, do we want to be there forever? And in a video tweet from the Rose Garden last night, President Trump said, We've been fighting for a long time in Syria. I've been president for almost two years, and we've really stepped it up. And we have won against ISIS. We've beaten them, and we've beaten them badly. We've taken back the land, and now it's time for our troops to come back home. Now, some lawmakers, including Republican Lindsey Graham, have voiced their concerns about this move. I am shocked by this. I think this is a decision that is against sound military advice. And I intend to do our part as a Congress to make sure that history records how this decision was made. Senator Rand Paul, though, does not agree. He says the president should be praised for the decision. I think history shows that our founding fathers were very, very concerned with too much war. So am I. We're in war in too many places. We've been at war for too long. I commend the president for his decision. From the New York Times, David Sanger wrote, both the 45th and 44th and 45th president, that's Obama and Trump looked at troop commitments that have now lasted 17 years, nearly 170,000 American troops in Iraq at the peak in 2007, more than 100,000 in Afghanistan in 2011, and concluded that their long-term effect was marginal at best, which I think you could easily make the argument of. Keeping 2,000 in Syria was not going to make a difference. Uh, We'll talk with Mike Lyons later. I I assume he's going to disagree with that. Yeah, we're chasing a couple of different experts, including one guy who I have a feeling is very much uh, on uh, Rand Paul's side of these things, and I have some points of disagreement with him. This this one's tough. It is not an easy, uh, you know, shout at the other side type issue. Not in my mind. Would the Middle East be much better off if we hadn't put that many troops in Afghanistan and Iraq? I don't know that it would be much different. 
Now, we mentioned this a little earlier. Last night, there were strange lights in the sky, a bright flash with a white trail. It was just like um, like a soft but bright white-ish little curve in the sky. An obviously impressed Epi House telling CBS News. Everything was dark except for this one little, like, white, like, reflective um, thing. And I was like, whoa, like, this is probably something rare that we're not going to see again. I really, well, so I tweeted a picture of it. There were immediately, like, 70 responses. Then I went on the Internet and people were seeing it from Seattle to San Diego. Now, I showed it to my son. He didn't get to see it for real, which I'll talk about later. That's why everybody's mad at mom. But I showed him the picture. He said it could be a robot. I wish I had a videotape this because it was hilarious. Could be a robot arm. Could be a mutant of some kind. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Looks like a spaceship. He looked at it some more and he said, but I think it's just a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's a good sober analysis. <laughs> National Weather Service quickly weighing in that it was probably a meteor and shifting winds were likely responsible for the curvy trail it left behind. Oh, my behind. kids were so wound up about this. Yeah. We talked to them for like 45 minutes past bedtime oh, of what it great. could be. And how to, it was just it was unbelievable how excited <laughs> they were. They were just pacing around the house with various things. What if it's this? I mean, <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's magical. Oh, hey, what funny. time of night was it again? Is it's it 5.36 o'clock. Yeah, 5.36 o'clock. So here's, oh, really? here's the story. Wow. Here's the story. So it's it's dinner time, then bath time. I'm doing dinner. I'm doing bath time with the kids and everything like that. We're in the house doing bath time. You know, washing, drying, you know how bads were, getting ready for reading, all that sort of stuff. Laura's outside doing something. She comes in a little bit later. She says, um, you should have seen that thing in the sky. It was really weird. What are you talking about? Oh, there's this weird light in the sky. Oh. Um, oh, okay. And then so oh. I jump on the Internet and see all these pictures and people going crazy about it. And then the kids are like, why didn't you tell us? And I'm like, why didn't you tell us? <laughs> you see I'm... this in the sky and you don't think, wow, I ought to, I ought to tell my kids and my husband, there's a, there's the strangest thing. I, I said, looking at this picture, that's the strangest thing I would have ever seen in the sky in my entire life. Ever in my life, and you're and you you don't think to mention it to anybody. Wow, that's and the sad. kids were so mad at mom. <laughs> Tell us next time, we missed it. <laughs> Aliens arrive, and you think, ah, well, it's bedtime, so we better just, you know, not talk about it. Oh, now, man. Now he's going to tell you everything. Oh, there's a weird cloud outside right. now. Right. No, no, tomorrow night, uh, you should come in and just, yeah, there's a, there's a, the guy walked by, he's about eight foot tall, covered with hair, grunting. That was exactly the joke that went on all evening oh. along then. So, a Tyrannosaurus Rex shows up, and you do the next day, yeah, there was a T-Rex in the backyard, but I didn't think you'd be interested, so uh-huh. I didn't uh-huh. mention it. Yeah, big Foot was there. He was speaking French, but I didn't think <laughs> it'd be <laughs> worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm talking a Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. But has it been nailed down what the heck it was? No. There were some talks of a Chinese rocket. There were some talks of a, a U.S. rocket that was launched. Or... No, the rocket launching. Uh, the uh, yeah, There was right. supposed to be a rocket launch last night, but they had scrubbed that mission. They, that it was scrubbed. That was not happening. It was uh, merely a meteor. There's nothing to see here. Uh, and we will have no further statement until after the autopsies. <laughs> yeah, I did explain to the kids that sometimes the military does stuff and they don't tell us about it because right. they, they don't want us to know. But So it could have been one of those. Or was it a meteor? I know there was a lot of speculation that it was a meteor chunk. 
that that uh, and then the wind started blowing around the smoke. And that's something. what that's what the National Weather Service was saying. They were saying, ah, it was probably a meteor. Uh, no, we, nothing we, to see here. We tested some new West Coast. Come on, that's yeah. the coincidence. We tested some new missile defense for North Korea and China, sure. and they don't want to tell anybody about it, which they shouldn't tell us about it. Indeed. Or we've been invaded by aliens, which should leave the news. Or if you're my wife, you don't even bother mentioning right. anything. Oh, boy. Just oh saw boy. the weirdest thing in the sky I've ever seen in my entire life, but I did. I figured, anyway, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt bath, bath time. So we have Zuckerberg. <clears throat> we must lay bare his evil. Yeah, we'll play you a clip of Zuckerberg uh, when he was testifying a couple of months back. You might remember these things he said. Great letter on immigration, and we need to get into Syria. These are our tasks, among others. Well, and if you can nail down what happened with the alien invasion last night, I'd be interested in that. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Christmas is less than one week away, and then it's right back to the attic for Michael Bublé. (laughs) We like his Christmas album. Um, He's He's a fine singer. Monterey Bay Aquarium. Posts a cute picture of a, an otter is accused of racism and fat shaming. We'll get to that story later. Uh, oh, Forever beautiful. 21's in trouble for using a two white model. And we've got the alien invasion to talk about. Of course, the Syria policy, which we're um, uh, really going to get into with our military analyst, Mike Lyons, a little bit later. And I got my own comments on that. I'm, uh, I, I don't know the right answer, um, but we'll present the both sides of the argument. Right. Right. Looking forward to that. Um, there are a number of things we, we need to get to, as you mentioned, including tape we have of what Mark Zuckerberg said in front of Congress, which is directly contradicted by what has come out in recent days, New York Times article in particular. Um, if you don't remember what he said before Congress, we will play that tape for you coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, you will laugh bitterly at the disingenuousness. And uh, who's somebody I watched so much TV yesterday? One of the, it might have been Tucker Carlson was talking about how, you know, Michael Flynn is probably going to go to prison or at least, you know, be on probation for lying to federal agents. And how interesting it is that he wasn't under oath, that you can get arrested. And there are a lot of civil libertarians uh, who believe that shouldn't be. If you're not under oath, it can't be a crime for you to mislead someone because it would just be too easy to charge everyone. Um, for whatever spin, exaggeration, uh, you know, underestimating, whatever. Um, but then you got Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress just absolutely telling 100% untruths, or, or so close to 100% they might as well be, without repercussion whatsoever. Now, I don't know if he was testifying under oath or if he was just there as a special guest of Congress, but it is amazing who can lie and who cannot in our society. But... <clears throat> Got a couple of notes I want to share for you, share with you rather that we didn't have time for in mailbag. This one from uh, R 
If you use Facebook or Gmail, Uber, e-scooter or whatever, then you are the technologically challenged indigenous habitant, inhabitant of a third world country, which Zuckerberg and his colonialist friends are strip mining. You know, I'm sorry, I'm screwing up so many of the words here. If you use Facebook and the other apps, you are the technologically challenged indigenous inhabitant of the third world country with Zuckerberg and his colonialist friends are strip mining. Their apps are the shiny trinkets which they dangle before your eyes. Reject the baubles, which you didn't need ten years ago, and they lose their power. Fight the real enemy. Hmm. <clears throat> I've heard it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm getting choked up with my outrage. Uh, I've, I've heard it suggested that <laughs> hey, there's the some old there's some old lemon meringue pie in the lunchroom if you want some. Oh, lemon meringue. Maybe that pie. would clear up your throat. I love lemon old, meringue old, pie. Put put the descriptor old in there. It's like oh. 14 hours old, yeah. like max, right? <laughs> Should be so okay. So it's a little leathery around the edges. Yeah, it'll be fine. <clears throat> and then this, I thought this was outstanding. Uh, it's from. Uh, can I use the word? The name rather. Uh, it's funny. Some people who call and say, I think Christmas has gotten too commercialized. Don't use my name. And their <laughs> name is like John. <clears throat> and then there are some people who write, you know, really long, extensive, sometimes revealing things, sometimes very controversial, and, and they don't say they'd like to be anonymous. And I feel like I ought to step in and uh, protect them. But we'll just say this is uh, this is Jim. Jim writes, <clears throat> For decades, I have observed illegal crossings of the Mexican border, having worked in agricultural production on both sides of the border. I've worked the last 25 years in Mexico. I live in San Diego County, and I cross the border weekly to work full-time in Baja, California. Now it's about part-time as I've passed retirement age. My Spanish is fluent, and I understand the Mexican point of view. When President Trump said Mexico would pay for the wall, I knew the Mexicans would never agree to this. Mexican pride wouldn't allow it. So did everybody else. Yeah, everybody got <laughs> It's just that. a funny thing to say. Right. It's just such a hilariously ballsy, uh, middle-fingery thing to right. say. Everybody appreciated on that level. But anyway, uh, this goes back to the old idea in Mexico that Mexico is too far from God, but too close to the United States. There has long been a sense of agreement. Aggrievement, rather. Uh, I don't believe in conspiracies. He mentions the Mexican belief in Reconquista, that is, reconquering Aztlán, the legendary, legendary home of the Aztecs, which, you know, different people claim is a different uh, geographical uh, area. It's a ridiculous idea because the land in question, this the North and Central American continent, has traded hands 30 times, every chunk of it at various times in history. And the fact that somebody would take a snapshot at, say, the year 1709 and say, that was the correct uh, ownership right then. When the French it changed, had it. it changed completely in 1711, of course, and then again in 1728, and then fundamentally in 1803. Right, exactly. When the French had it and the Dutch were over there, but the Aztecs had this. That was the proper time. That's just a ridiculous claim. But anyway, so he talks about that a little bit. Now, to the present day. The present situation at the border has a lot of factors at play. There are groups coordinating the recent surge of migrants. Two are Pueblo San, San Fronteras and Border Angels. Big activist groups behind this stuff. There are tough economic conditions in Central America on top of large increases in population, corruption in government, and violence. For years, Mexico exported its problems by illegal immigration. Conditions have improved in Mexico. Now it's Central America's turn. Drug trafficking and coyotes who guide the crossers are ever-present. So is there he is... saying that Mexico was sending us their worst? I mean, is that what he's saying? 
Um, We're exporting their problems? Well, they're uh, economic problems. I mean, they're unemployed, for instance. They're they're hopeless. They're young men who who didn't know what to do. Uh, There's lots of money to be made, often at the expense of the migrants, and there's always push-pull going on at the border, the attractive U.S., poor conditions in the South. The illegal migrants are well-informed about what to say if caught. Right now, it's asking for asylum, as the politics have tightened up. The goal is to just to get on U.S. soil. They're well-rehearsed on what to say once they get there. And weak spots along the border are always being tested. New Mexico is the latest after the big push at Tijuana. That's turned into a very long wait. Um, he mentions uh, that he listens to the mighty KFMB 760 in San Diego. He says, I strongly believe that the wall needs to be built, if for no other reason than to send a clear signal south that it might be better to stay at home and work at improving local conditions. And that is from an American citizen who has worked the last 25 years in Mexico, understands Mexican people, loves them, understands the country and the politics and the rest of it. And this guy is no racist. Anybody who claims the idea of controlling your border is somehow racist, well, they're a liar. They're, they're either a moron, and, you know, it's pretty easy to persuade morons of, you know, whatever you need to, um, or they're a liar who's just trying to benefit from frightening you into backing off your position. There was a bit of a uh, Christmas potluck here at the radio station yesterday, and a lot of people brought a bunch of different food, and it's hanging around in the lunchroom, and I'm trying to decide if I want to eat day-old lemon meringue pie. Fudge, I can't believe I missed out on lemon meringue donuts. of all pies. There's some apple pie in there. Oh, go oh. for it. You've never had any problems. That's true. Apple pie is, is the king of pies, clearly. Absolutely. But it's, it's readily available. It's regularly on the scene. Lemon meringue pies, like it's it's a leap day. It only comes around once every four years. It's a rare pleasure. We'll remind you of some of the things that Mark Zuckerberg said before Congress, and then we'll compare that to this New York Times article that came out the other day. Wait till you hear this tape. Yeah. Oh, man. Quite amazing. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.